Welcome to Heart, Hustle, and Humor, a show for dedicated, hardworking, fun entrepreneurs and business owners who want to build a business bigger than their own satisfaction. We all know heart got you started, hustle made it happen, and humor got you through it. This is the only place you can get inspired and motivated by my guests who are using the trifecta of heart, hustle, and humor in their business. It's time to dream higher. Today's episode is brought to you by Kaleidoscope Media Services. Kaleidoscope Media Services helps professionals scale their business by adding digital products for success. I'm your host, Dr. T. Welcome to another episode of Heart, Hustle, and Humor. In studio today, you are not going to believe who's here, Michelle Tennant. And this, Michelle, thank you for being here today. Oh, I'm stoked to be here. <laughs> All right. I got, I got to tell the audience about you. So Good Morning America producer Mabel Chan calls Wasabi Publicity Chief Creative Officer Michelle Tennant Nicholson a five-star publicist. Michelle calls herself a storyteller to the media. And I've read her stories. They're just incredible. I love the storytelling. For 30 plus years, media friends have solicited her for help in crafting new stories by requesting sources, sound bites, and statistics. It's all about wasabipublicity.com. And Michelle, here you are. You are a storyteller. Why did you get into storytelling? That's a really interesting thing. <laughs> uh, in high school, um, many decades ago, <laughs> um, I was in a, I was at the Youth Performing Arts High School in Louisville, uh, Kentucky. And I really, you know, drama was my thing. It, it was like one of those old fame or glee schools, you know, we're gonna live forever. And so I really realized then uh, that I loved stories. And then I also secretly wanted to be Dr. Seuss. So I, and I did that in my twenties. So that's, that's how the storytelling archetype really formed. And then later, of course, as a publicist, all we're doing is telling stories about corporations and organizations and making them palatable for our newsfeed. Yeah, it, stories really resonate with people. That's, they do. that's what I love when I, when I read a story, but you know, you are also the founding member of, of Give Fluencer Network. And, and you are on a mission and, and a movement to really make this, this giving as a way of life. H how has that become so important to you? We say that the new influencer is the give fluencer. That's really the mantra of those of us who are creating give fluencers. And it, I had took on a client many years ago, um, Ken Honda, the happy Zen millionaire. He wrote a book, book called Happy Money. And through a series of uh, interviews, I came to meet Nikki Shadro and the producer Gary Reeves of the Oprah Winfrey network show called Give. And they really celebrate nonprofits and people making a difference. And that really resonated with me. And those are the people that I worked with to form Givefluencer along with um, uh, Nancy, uh, Nancy Lieberman, who's known as uh, the lady magic of basketball. So these people are at the top of their field, really making waves in their own right. And at the end of the day, they stand up for service to humanity. So in every interaction, are you providing service and helping that person um, 
for me, it's how we move forward from pay it forward. And of course, I was born and raised in the South. And here's the thing about Southerners is that we're always taught to be, you know, kind and bless your little heart and all that stuff. <laughs> but my father was extremely religious. And so I was raised in the vein of your purpose in life is to be in service of others. Um, and while I'm not reading the Bible as much as he did every single day of his life, um, this tenets of what he's taught me has served me well in business because at the end of the day, we like people who make a difference for us. Don't you, Teresa? <laughs> I, I love, I love that. Absolutely. And I've yeah. always been a proponent of, of giving. I true have, I, I too have the foundation of, you know, a Christian upbringing where we learned, you know, the values of, of giving, of taking care of others. But there's something that happens when we have an opportunity, and and I think often people think you have to give millions of dollars to be a, a you know a give fluencer, but you don't. And I think there's something that happens to your mind and your heart when you're able to give, don't you? I mean, how do you? I do. About I that? agree. Okay, we do have to take a little intermission and jump forward to your humor piece because I just thought of a really funny story that yes. you guys are just gonna love. Okay, so there I am. I went to before. Fame, I'm going to live forever. And you can imagine the debacle that these teens were, right? right? I was in a parochial Catholic school for nine years. I mean, you know, Catholic uniform, a one year of Catholic girls high school. That was me. Okay. So there I am in third grade and we had to go to mass every single day. I, I had nuns that have the habits. I know that our young people can't even imagine that that still existed. <laughs> I was born in 69 and it existed in the 70s and the 80s. It existed. <laughs> so there I am, you know, like a little Catholic school girl and the priest is at the front you know, doing mass. And he says, Jesus, we stand in your presence to serve you. And for years, I mean, literally until late, like a teenager, I was like, I don't understand why Jesus wants me to stand in his Christmas gifts. <laughs> like, so I would stand like in my little pea brain as a child, I was like, Jesus wants us to stand in his presence and serve him. Isn't that adorable? That is, that is so great. And it didn't like click until much later. I was like, oh, Give me a break, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. It was like I was embarrassed of asking my mom. My mom is German. Um, <laughs> and, you know, if a German accent comes out at any given time, I apologize. That is my mother. <laughs> um, I did, like, at an embarrassing old age, I asked her if she or Jesus was born first. I did. <laughs> Oh man, your household must have been so much fun growing up. <laughs> you know, my parents were like, Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, no wonder you became such a storyteller. You had so many stories to tell. I do. Just, you know, and if you we go out to dinner and we probably will at some point, Teresa, uh, you just have to turn the you have to turn it off. I don't know. I'll be laughing too hard. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. How is the storytelling and and, you know, you're you're growing up with some great humor in your life. How has storytelling really helped you in your business? I mean, I know you do storytelling oh, for people, but how has it helped you in your business? Well, let me explain it. So first of all, I'm an international publicist. And so your story of your business is, is how we relate to the world. So we, you know, years ago, I would say, oh, I'm a storyteller to the media. And people are like, what is that? Well, if you think about it, anything that you read in the news is a story. How we 
what differentiates us, and by the way, I have a master's degree in human development, so don't let me geek out on you, okay, Teresa? Um, but the way, what differentiates us from the animals is that we have language. And we have language that our word creates our world. So what you say about yourself and your company and uh, everything, it, it actually shapes the world and the existence and the way that the brain actually takes in life. Like, am I happy? Am I successful? It, it's everything. And what we're finding now about brain science is that it's even more important than ever. And so mm -hmm. if you want to change your life, change the story that you're saying about your life. And I know that sounds trite, but it's so true. And if you start to figure out what's happening in the brain, that's what's going on, right? Is yeah. And I always say, um, the stories that you consume, consume you. So there's another practice that I would uh, advise every business person to take on. Just don't gossip. Ah. If somebody's gossiping, it's a story, you know, it's their perception about what's happening. It's not actually factual. If you look at, listen to gossip and I'm not talking about, you know, a, an employee or a staff person coming up to you and saying, you know, this happened and this is important. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about like, you know, so-and-so is always right. complaining about blah, 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 blah. You know, encourage that person to take it to somebody who can do something about it, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah. And I so then, that. and also it's efficient. <laughs> you know, like, I remember a time, you know, in my childhood where I would like tell like 20 people, I'd have a complaint. But as a, as a successful business owner of three businesses, I don't have time for that. So I, if I have a complaint, I take it right to somebody who can do something about it. But that's really the storytelling piece of who we are. Mm -hmm. It starts here. Mm -hmm. And what we say, it, it, it translates into our brain and, and subconsciously, we actually make those things happen, that's good right. or bad. So tell the good story. But tell you also, story. and by the way, you can geek out anytime because I'm a total geek. I, I, oh, my, my PhD is in org psych. So I'm all about that and business and, and how we, uh, how we work and how we tick. I mean, what makes our brain work, but, but you also believe that writing down your thoughts and your history and your past can help you bring forward some real enlightenment, I guess, is, is a good way to put it. Yeah. You know, the, I type, uh, I, I type an incredible amount of uh, words a minute, but Betty White, is famous for talking about how she writes her books long form. Um, and there's studies that show now that our, uh, the process of writing, you know, from our hand to our head and back, that writing is therapeutic. Uh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna bring it down in um, deep for just a quick second. And Absolutely. then we're gonna go back to fun, fun, fun. So everybody, let's get serious for just a minute. So I'm, I've warned you, <laughs> so, <laughs> so just, you can do this if you'd rather. Um, so when I was 17, I put the neighborhood pedophile in jail. Mm. And that is a reality of my life. And uh, I'm very, I'm actually proud of it. And it has been a life of discovery for myself to figure out how to live with PTSD. And it is possible to thrive. And if you, if, if you're listening to this podcast and this is something that you're struggling with, whether it be war, trauma, abuse, anything. And many of us experience uh, trauma in our lives. Uh, I invite you to go uh, read about that. I write about it at Psychology Today uh, in a uh, column called Mental Injury is Not Mental Illness. So we're also led to believe that we're broken. You're not broken. Mm -hmm. 
You might have a scar on your shin. You might have a scar on your brain, but you're, you are resilient and you can move beyond that. And so that's what I think is so important about um, writing down what happened. And for me, uh, the pandemic brought about, well, what, what have I not checked off that bucket list? Yeah. And I, you know, became a successful entrepreneur, moved, you know, did lots of therapy, personal development courses and, and, and study of the brain and whatnot. And so I never talked about what happened. You know, I didn't need to. And then um, I got a call one night in the middle of the night from uh, a girl who knew me. She called me Aunt, Aunt Michelle and um, she was suicidal. Mm. And then I just talked to her. Sad. I talked to her into the next morning. Yeah. And then into a life, you know, and then I just checked in with her. She's doing great. And I thought, gosh, I should really share my secrets of success so that other people can actually survive too. Yeah. And writing down what happened and sharing that with trusted people is like nothing else, nothing else. And so uh, I created like a little URL for the Psychology Today project. It's kind of like my passion project. And it's writethetrauma.org write the trauma.org. I mean, they, you know, I, I idiot proofed it so you can get there any way you spell it, but I'm talking (laughs) about writing like Betty White writes her little story, right? Long form (laughs) there's, and then if you don't, you know, I also use the computer, but the point is, is that you're, you're getting it out and you're sharing it because that sharing, um, of your experiences and that creates, um, intimacy and trust with those you love. And if you share your story and they're not listening, they probably shouldn't be in your life. I, I, I absolutely boom. I, it's right. I mean, boom. Yeah. It, it's, if they're not with you on it, then they just, they're not elevating you. And I am a That's true right. believer that our past and what happens to us informs our decisions. And you have been out there telling the message of your story and how you are now an extremely successful business person. I mean, you are, you are out there and, and thank you for taking it there. It's important for my listeners to hear because we need to help our entrepreneurs and our authors and our speakers tell their story and grow their businesses. And, and people want to work with people who are true and transparent and telling our story creates that transparency. And, And with that comes the hustle part for you though. I mean, you, you've hustled in your life since how old, I mean, four, you were already. Oh, my first job, I, my first job. I remember I was, um, I was 15, 14 or 15. And, uh, my friend in the grade school that I went to Stephanie, we were always competing against each other and Stephanie got a job at long John Silver's, you know, it's like a, or cat, no captain D's captain D's like great little seafood place. Remember that place. And I was so jealous because I wanted to work. I like such a good, you know, like the parents were providing out a stay at home mom and I wanted to go work. (laughs) So because Stephanie was working and I went to Captain D's and I applied and they turned me down and I was devastated. (laughs) So I was, I was uh, babysitting for this woman, uh, Diane and Diane, like she was so, she's like, oh, that's so cute that you're mad that Captain D's. (laughs) I was like, I don't know why they didn't hire me. They hired Stephanie. Why did they, why can Stephanie get a job? And I can't. And she goes, you should go to the YMCA and I will put in a word for you because you're a great babysitter. Right. I was a fun babysitter. We were blowing up 
marshmallows in the microwave and you know she's like <laughs> with it, right <laughs> what else do right. you do i mean besides blow up marshmallows <laughs> the kids loved it right don't do that by the way it really ruins the, the microwave yeah it's, it's, like, it's, <laughs> not good. it's not good. diane was like she like thought a lot of it was funny but that one she's like okay that that really crossed the line because now we have to get a new microwave <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah, so I then I was at the YMCA, and then that led to uh, I did birthday parties with my theater games that I had learned at the Performing Arts High School, and I did that through college and graduate school. I was bringing in, you know, 150, 175 bucks an hour, just play, just basically babysitting, dressed up like a clown or a princess or Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. That's a that's a hustler right there. That's a, like, that is a hustler, man. I don't care what I look like. I'm going out there and I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'll be with your kids for an hour at the party while you have it catered. And I'm going to charge you $175 an hour as I get dressed up as Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, that's fine. But oh, yeah. in the pandemic, seriously. Yeah. So this is my uh, book, 21 Day PR, and we just gave it away. It's a workbook. And so we just gave it away. Um, you know, I, I really believe that small businesses are the backbone of the United States, right? And so I am always up for, you know, helping authors, organizations, nonprofits, businesses tell their story effectively to the press. And that, and sometimes they have trouble getting outside themselves and thinking mm -hmm. about, well, how do I, what's the public, how do I make a difference for the public? And that's your story. Yes. Yeah. So we just gave it away. That's, that was our hustle in the pandemic. Well, and, and, and folks like you who get that the small business is so important to our economy, a lot of people did that during the pandemic. We created um, a, a Kaleidoscope Media Services. We created a, a program that people could get their e-courses out there. We taught them how to do it. And, and we, just, we just wanted to give things away. And, and that's why I enjoy talking to people like you who really understand the, the giving, the hustle of it all. But I, I got I got it. All right. We're, we're having some fun. We're talking a little serious, but we all get tired. How do you, when you've got all this, you're running these companies, you're, you're writing articles, you're doing all this, you have a family. How do you rejuvenate? How do you get out of like, okay, the overwhelm? Oh, that's a great question. Um, and by the way, I, there's probably a listener right now, like I want it, I want a book that she gave away. And so just write me if you need that book, I'll get oh, you a link. It's, wow. it's like 50 bucks on Amazon. You can definitely go buy it if you want to go buy it. But if you need it and you're hurting financially, I want you to have that in your hands, please. Okay. Um, wow, and we'll also give you a, a complimentary uh, PR consultation too. Okay. So oh, just, just contact us if that's the, if that's Michelle. what you need. That yeah. is so kind of you. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, rejuvenation. Okay. So I went to school in Chicago and I did go to a theater school in Chicago. I also studied education uh, and then I got a master's degree in human development. The thing that I noticed is that I rev really high, like I'm a high energy person. They call me the energizer bunny. You know, my, my staff's always like, oh God, she's way too intense. So I moved from the city to the mountains. I live in the Great Smoky Mountains, and so um, when I'm I'm pitching New York producers or Atlanta or Los Angeles, and they're revving high because they're in a city, and I just notice that like I rev high, and then I just go back in the backyard, and I have a homestead with beehives and chickens, and so I'm I just go get a breath of fresh air, and then I'm back on 
the saddle, if you will, with New York and LA and so forth. But my, uh, what I love to do is whitewater kayaking, mountain biking. I love, I'm the adrenaline junkie. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only risk you take in life is living a risk-free life is what I've always said. You got to take a risk every day. So, you know, you're speeding downhill in the Smoky Mountains on a mountain bike, you know, really fast. You're in the deep now and it is delicious. So <laughs> it is focused beyond focus. I, I have done some uh, in, in my younger years, I did some uh, mountain bike racing and boy, going downhill. Uh, that is that is right. What I mean, do you mean in your younger years? I just did a mountain bike race. I'm 52 and I won it. There's oh, no competition oh. now, Teresa. It's when you're older that you need to actually do the races. Yeah, except, except for that recovery when you wipe out. Well, that's true, right? Yeah. You know, it was so funny. I did a mountain biking clinic right before the pandemic that summer. And I was the oldest person in our little circle, right? You know, you uh -huh. get your trainer and then like six women, you know, yeah. like everybody's on their mountain bikes. And so we were going, she's like, if you had a superhero trait, what would be your superhero trait? And everybody was like, you know, uh, instant transportation somewhere or the ability to hear people. And they got to me and I was like, rejuvenation, like instant healing. <laughs> I was like, you get to the point of life where you're constantly battering your back and your legs and your I was like you just don't want to like grab a bag of groceries and throw your back out and they're just happy that that doesn't happen you know right I know, I know. Like we're sitting all day right oh. by the way if you see me bouncing I'm actually on a uh, a large exercise ball that's how I keep my back healthy that's how I rejuvenate oh I love that what are you sitting on I'm, I'm sitting on a stool see see because I want to sit up and yeah but, slouching but you, back yeah yeah. But you can't, if I stay still and I don't do this right. in a business meeting, you can see, right? Just little, and it keeps your core because I've been, look, our whole thing when we started with Sabi Publicity, I wanted to be in the middle of nowhere. And I said, we're going to have to work virtually. So that was mm -hmm. 2002. And it so took the pandemic for the world to really catch up with us. Yep. Yep. And, and that's why we have, we're seeing the shift and, uh, you know, so many people are realizing that the world is going to be more of a, of a hybrid. It's not going to be going back to right. constant in-person, how to how work. I, I love it. Listen, I, yeah. I, I, I love it. I, I've adjusted. Look how much just time we waste fine. driving to and from face-to-face -face meetings. Yes. Yeah. It's, you know? it's an extra hour on either side. That you could be mountain biking. Now my listeners are going to be like, so Teresa, when are you going to go mountain biking? Clear your head, create a new you can come to the business. Great Smoky Mountains and go with us. Oh yeah, it's like mountain biking uh, mecca uh, here, baby. You know, we don't even really need to dress the uh, humor because we've just been having a good time. Truth. <laughs> but but are you when you're when you're out there doing all of this stuff and you're 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 thinking? Are you thinking about? your client stories or are you thinking about the next new venture you're going to go to it at wasabi publicity i mean what are what's what is going through your head when you're out rejuvenating or going out and riding your bike oh that's a really i think that um when i'm on my mountain bike um and i'm not uh i'm not going uphill <laughs> when i'm going uphill i'm like oh my god yeah. like you know yeah, right. I, in fact i love my bike you know, um, shout out to uh, Ibis Ripley's. <laughs> Ibis, you're doing a good job for me. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I don't, 
when I'm in the deep now, like on a descent in the downhill, I'm not thinking anything about what's ahead of me, that, that root, that rock, that, and I think that that's important to completely detach. Now in the car on the way home, um, it is hard to detach, mm. you know, you're, a true entrepreneur is constantly creating, right? We're constantly, yep. a true entrepreneur loves to work. It's not a problem. It's a joy loves to lead like these are things that true entrepreneurs cherish and so the old saying goes right if you love what you're if you love your work you're never working another day in your life and mm -hmm. i find that that's true so when i'm in those down moments from that complete focus that's when i'm really creating that i'm like okay you know finding solutions i have found the older that i get uh that i uh I really cherish the people around me mm. and you know i think when i was younger i had to do it and now i'm asking a lot more questions well how would you do it what do you recommend what do you see awesome can you do that can you lead us and i think that a leader who leads and inspires leadership in others that's the sign of a true leader and it also gets you back on the mountain trail mountain bike yeah. trail sooner right because you've yeah. got because you to work 24 seven to burn. And here, you should ask me a question about sleep. Yeah, uh, how's the sleep going there for you? <laughs> I think a lot of, I always feel sorry for people who say they don't sleep, right? Yeah. The sleep is yeah. so important. It's like that rejuvenation, right? That's the, the superhero secret sauce is sleep. Mm -hmm. That's where our brains are really creating those solutions. So I, if you're I, not yeah. sleeping, we'll talk to your doctor. Uh, no, it's, it's true. And and I used to get up at, you know, and, and people are like, very successful people are like, get up at five o'clock in the morning and go run and do all this. And I'm like, you know what, that five o'clock when it comes around, I am out. I'm sleeping. I, I, I love my sleep. All I right. Let me, let me shed some light. Yes. I'm, okay. I was, my mom says, Michelle, you were born in the middle of the night, like right after dinner. Right. So middle of the night after dinner so oh. I, I was born i guess right after dinner okay so then i was like my whole life i'm a night owl i would love to stay up till like 1 2 p.m or 2 a.m and then just like sleep in right and i see my nieces and nephews doing that so then fast forward a couple decades and i'm representing um a guy who wrote a book called sleep matters and he was a doctor dr washington i think is his name uh Anyway, I was interviewing him about like his platform to tell his story to the press. And he's he's working with Silicon Valley um, type A's mm. like I don't resemble that at all. Right. And so but <laughs> uh, I'm listening to him and he goes, you know, the most important piece, because it will rot when you work that hard and really bring that project, the body will get its revenge on you. It mm. will get its due. Right. If you're yes. not giving it sleep, it will crush you into sleepness. It'll crush you into sickness. It will crush. It will get its due because it's a balance of life. So he said, you know, the biggest thing that um, really busy professionals can do is that first moment that you nod at night, you know, like after dinner, you've had dinner, then you're like calming down. Maybe you have like a little drink with the family and you're just kind of like maybe watching some TV. And then all of a sudden you're like, like that, yeah, yeah. go to bed. It's the old nod. It's like, oh, oh. go to bed. And I was like, 
But what? what if, and I was like, oh, come on. What if bed is, what if it's like 8 p.m.? What are you going to be like, Marky Mark, and then go to bed at 8, and then get up at 2 a.m. and work out? He goes, go to bed. I was like, but you might get up at 2 a.m. He goes, so? He goes, it's the body. It's you're listening to the body's impulses. Hmm. Teresa, I have done that ever since. And it's remarkable. Now, I don't always nod at 8 p.m. You know, sometimes I nod at 11 p.m. Right. Whatever. But it's being in tune with what that body needs mm-hmm. and getting that rest in. And I will, you know, I take the one thing that I don't skip on is sleep. And the other thing is exercise. So I'm, I teach spinning in the morning for fun. Did you know Just that? I don't fun. think I told you that. No, I did not know that part. <laughs> You know, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, our friend Nancy Jitten, who we both know, uh, yeah. she, she told me the other day, I was talking to her and she goes, Teresa, you're like an onion. Every time I talk to you, you peel something else and tell me a story. And that's you. It's like, every time I talk to you, we're peeling the onion and something new comes up. So, oh yeah, by the way, I just teach spin class just for fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I <laughs> love to teach. And I started not? teaching online, you know, cause I used to teach at the gym. I still teach yeah. at some of the area gyms. Yeah. Um, but in, in fact, we're doing a new series on Saturday, um, indoor, outdoor. So now could just imagine, cause we're in the mountains, right? And it's, it's, it's beautiful here. Right. So I was like, yeah, just take the bike outside on the porch. <laughs> so that's <laughs> okay. what, yeah. I mean, how fun, right? Just yeah, like, just, just how can it. you, and I think to your point about, you know, heart hustle humor and at the heart of humor, if you don't take yourself lightly, um, you don't take life lightly, yeah. um, then it, it it does become too serious and it does become and then and i'm telling you it affects the body so if you're a high performance individual you got to take care of that machine yeah yeah absolutely yeah wow and the cortisol level and get that sleep so get it up get the level. sleep mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I, love, I love my sleep I, I gotta tell you i love my sleep I, do <laughs> I don't make myself wrong for it anymore no you know? yeah i've accepted it yeah. And, and, uh, you know, naps are fine. Teresa. Naps are great. You just, it, it, you're right. It's your body telling you. And I, and I, and I wake up, if I take a little nap, I come back and I'm like so much more engaged in what I'm doing. Right. My projects happen faster. Right. Uh, I, I make better phone calls. I make better decisions. Right. So, well, I do my nap on a yoga trapeze. It's called the cocoon pose. If everybody's like, what is that? Yeah. What is the- that? <laughs> you have to look it up. So you can see me doing it sustainableexercise.com. Can you tell I'm a publicist? I've only I've only plugged myself like five times. So uh, uh, listeners take note how she's doing this. It's very gentle. It's very gentle, story, but you gotta story. do it. But literally, I'm like a bat hanging upside down. And I'm, you know, I'm a thick girl, so it's hilarious to see. But it is so great for the back. It opens up the vertebrae. And lets all the juices flow through and because we sit in front of a desk and because we sit in front of blue light there's all kinds of considerations for our health and i found the yoga trapeze to be it's just something that you know i was sucked into some advertising during the pandemic and i was like i really like cirque du soleil but i am never gonna do cirque du soleil (laughs) (laughs) and then they figured out lucas rockwood uh from yoga body college yogabody.com he was like he figured out a way to have it at your home. And like, you know, you can get a yoga trapeze for under 200 bucks and hang it up in your ceiling. And then you're napping like a bat in the Uh middle of your work day. 
hello you know what that just sounds fun just to do it is it is i hung mine outside I'm, my husband built a garage in the homestead for his like you know man cave stuff yeah and i was like yeah. well just put a little porch on the side so i can hang my yoga trapeze and, and you'll see me on my porch uh, you if you what? can look it up <laughs> and you're gonna be like i'm so gonna look that up she's not she can she's not gonna get up there on that yoga trapeze and then i flip over <laughs> yeah. and you're like and then you can do it too. See, if I can do it, you can do it. Everybody, and there you go. No matter what, if you want I'm to I'm old it, AF doing it, you can do it too. Oh, and I can go on forever with you. <laughs> but but tell us what's next for you. I mean, you're doing all of these wonderful things. You're, you're writing for uh, psychology today. You're writing for Thrive Global because you want to tell people stories. You have your publicity company. It, you're, you're, you're teaching spin, you're hanging from a, you know, like a bat, I mean, you're yeah. doing all these things. What's next for you? Retirement. Yeah. But you know what retirement looks like more? Yeah, I know. Yeah. What does it look like for you? I, I, I can't imagine you doing the retirement as defined by the dictionary. <laughs> you know, here's what retirement looks like for us, right? Cause we, you know, as an entrepreneur, you successfully put your money aside and you're like, okay, like, I could stop working if I have this much in the bank type of thing, right? So for us, it's gonna turn into philanthropy, mm -hmm. um, you know, creating a company that serves our um, our staff, right? But also right. that gives us, a, like right now, we pretty have, we have a lot of freedom to say yes or no to clients, but we still have to make our nut as entrepreneurs to, to have make sure that the staff gets their salaries, right? So. There's some of that consideration. So I think that as a as you scale as an entrepreneur, you think about like what is enough. Mm -hmm. And so my business partner and I were actually taking on the marketing industry at large. I think it's going to be more writing in my retirement, Teresa. I mean, I'm already right. I've already made a life as a writer, but yeah. writing for myself versus um, just clients. And I'd like to really teach the world about enough marketing. Right now, our brains are completely bombarded by advertising messages 24-7 that you're not enough. Mm -hmm. Teresa and Michelle, they need to buy this deodorant or they, this yes. shampoo, their hair is nasty or their hair is falling out or they're too fat or they're too stinky or they're blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right? And I, I really imagine a day, one day, where children are actually raised in a culture where it's enough. We're not striving for bigger, better best that we're like wow this is an amazing life an amazing planet i love the person next to me even if they have different beliefs than me and i am safe and yes. right now it it we were headed that way and then we took a sharp turn yep. and everybody's really stressed out about climate change and all these other things and i think that um here's how i know we're we're winning you want to know how we're winning? I, I absolutely want to know how we're winning. <laughs> okay. Have you ever heard of the term Karen? Yes. Oh, because yes. we have Karens in the world. And also yes. we have entitled millennials. Yes. And when you've got children, millennials who are now, you know, entrepreneurs themselves, mm -hmm. um, and they feel uh, they have, in, they, that they're, they've got, shelter over their head they've got food in their mouth 
and that they have the luxury to say, gosh, I want to live in a gig economy or mm -hmm. I am not satisfied in this job or this person isn't treating me right or does this language actually work for me and I need to change it because the pronouns don't work for me. All of those, all of those things that we do and like I got chills, right? Like that yeah. means it's working. Right. Because we're not all running, you know, from a tiger. Yes. Yeah. Like it, we used to be. We, it, absolutely. And and you're we're really seeing people who who are saying, just stop. I, I just have to stop. I I can't I can't work, you know, and this is an old saying. I I can't, you know, constantly be working and not living. It, it's yeah. you've got to. It, it's a it's a lifestyle, and and I've never ever believed in work life balance. It, it, it's a holistic approach, and we have to decide as as entrepreneurs and as leaders in our community that at what point am I have I given enough? At what point do I take care of myself and and my family and get to sit? and just have a conversation with somebody that yeah. I enjoy having a conversation with, right? And just really like, in, you know, relax, yeah. you know? And, and so when I hear, uh, you know, when I hear a young person who's um, choosing for themselves at a young age, what really makes them tick and happy, I mm -hmm. go, good for us that came yep. before, yep. right? And good for the people who came before us that I could even have a virtual job. Yes. Right. Like yes. these are the ways to empower each other. And we forget that, you know, at the end of the day, uh, the reason why most of us are overweight is because we have enough food and we have shelter over our heads and we're and we're we're doing OK. Yeah. Now, you may you're going to have obstacles and struggle in life. That's just part of being alive. Um, but that's I just would like people to really reflect. So that's really what's next for me is I want to write uh, a book on uh, on that with marketing. Um, and then I also want to write a series of book on health, wealth, and love. That's what's next for me. So stay tuned, stay tuned, health, wealth, and love. Uh, wow. That is, that I'll be the first one in line to buy that from you. Oh, good. Yay. So, Michelle, thank you. I cannot tell you how much I have enjoyed this learning more Thanks. about you. Your energy is absolutely just mic drop uh, oh, you're an incredible person and i just have to say one more thing you are a very generous person with your time and and i i, I so love somebody that is of your um uh stature in the community in business that you are still willing to give people your time and generosity thank so you, so thank you for that and what is the best way for my listeners to um, like you on social media? I mean, how do you want them to, to stay connected? Well, you can read my PR blog at storytellertothemedia.com. And since I think most of your people are um, related to stories, that's probably the easiest one for them to remember. Super. But I did tell you like five others in the past. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll be putting those in the show notes. We'll make sure that. <laughs> yeah. Storytellertothemedia.com okay. gets, gets right to me. And then you can also contact us on at the that's also right to our website. Okay. All right. Well, I encourage everyone to go out there and take a shout out. And this has been another episode of Heart Hustle and Humor with Michelle Tennant. And if you are out there and you liked this episode, please subscribe, like, share with your friends and leave us a review.
continue to dream higher until next time. Are you a professional looking to take your business to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go to kaleidoscopemediaservices.com. Check it out. And if you feel you are ready, then set up a time to talk to me and my co-founder, Laura Neubauer. I'm your host, Dr. T. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share this podcast with your friends.